here at UNE, whose primary field includes history, theory, and practice. Dr. Nathan Wise, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you as well. So the first question that I guess we're going to launch into is obviously for students, potentially freshers, or just current students at UNE that I guess haven't been, I guess, uh, in any of your units before. What exactly do you teach here at UNE? Yeah, I teach quite a lot, but um, for this year, I'm mainly teaching uh, an upper-level unit, HIST 556, Public Ooh. History. And I teach our foundation unit, Hink 100, What is History? So this is our foundation, it is our introductory unit, not only to history, but really to um, to scholarly writing in general. It's awesome. oriented That's towards cool. our historians, yeah. but um, we get a lot of education, sociology students, uh, students from many different disciplines coming to figure out what is sort of scholarly writing and research all about. So that's a that's cool. yeah, good starter. Yeah. Um, so what's one thing students in your units can do to get a better mark? Get a mark. Uh, <laughs> be original. So be original. Be original. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, so one of the things, scholarly writing and research is all about being new and innovative. So okay. I often differentiate between scholarly research and scholarly history and public history. Okay. And public history is, is for the public. It's often covering topics we know about. Yeah. Scholarly history and what we do at university is all about new information, new okay. resources, new evidence, new approaches. And we look for that in, in, in essays and assignments. So being original, being new, and really expanding what I often refer to as that bubble of, of knowledge. If you're awesome. expanding that bubble, if you're finding out new things, or writing in an original, innovative, new way that genuinely excites your reader, your examiner. If you're excited about it, that's the best okay. thing you can do. Be so original. Maybe be passionate and original. Yeah, and and I mean, where possible, we look for sort of student-centered activities where students can really drive their own projects. But oh, if cool. you can be passionate and finding your own material, going beyond the reading list, doing your own yep. research. Um, finding new evidence, new sources, new interpretations. Uh, that's that's what will excite you, and yeah. it's what excites your examiners. Absolutely, um, reading that. Yeah, yeah. I guess because yeah, obviously a historical a history degree is going to have a fair amount of, I guess, writing and interpretation given the source material. So I think that is something that a lot of students could take on board, especially those that are looking to, I guess, stand out from the crowd. As yeah, it were. yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess my next question out of uh, interest to, I guess, everybody listening would be, what was your PhD in and why did that particular area, I guess, why did that, why was your attention drawn to that area of study? Yeah, uh, long life story. It's almost an autobiographical history here, but I okay. almost joined the Air Force when I left high school. Wow. And I was three mm. days away. I had been accepted. I applied. I had been accepted. I was sort of a student pilot at the time. And three days before I signed up, I decided to study history instead. So I almost kind of like, I sort of life went in a separate path. Yeah. And I'd always kind of thought about that life I didn't have. And I thought about being young and wanting to sign up. And so as, when I started to do research, I began reading young men's diaries from the First World War to figure out why they wanted to go to war. And I found that a lot of these guys were talking about work and the work of the military. So I did my okay. PhD thesis on what I found. And I wrote about yeah. work and workplace cultures in the uh, Australian Imperial Force during the First World War. And that's really been my main area of interest for the last 15 years is, is that field of military labour and work in armies around the world. Uh, and it sort of stemmed from my own interest in getting a job in the Air Force. Yeah. That is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's almost it a is. very a massive sliding doors moment. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Like, what? like two pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that, yeah, that's got my research and various aspects of that. So pr I now look at protests in the military. Mm. So they're, um, almost, protests are almost like strikes. So these guys are at work. They're unhappy with working conditions. And so okay. they strike. But 
historians have tended to treat this as mutinies, as rebellions against authority, and they're not always that. Often they're just fighting for better working conditions in this working environment. So It's hard yeah. to fault them that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's one thing you're passionate about at the moment, whether it's research or just something that interests you? Yeah, look, at the moment I'm looking, so from this idea of work and labour, um, and a lot of these guys signed up for their for, for for pay, basically. These are yeah. predominantly working-class men during the First World War, signing up for the pay to support their families. I began looking at um, working life in general, and I'm looking more broadly now at uh, how working families sustained themselves in 19th century Australia. Yeah. So the idea of the right to work, fair pay, um, the eight hours day movement, things like that. Yeah. That's really driving my research interests at the moment. Um, this great. idea of how did, cool. how did working families survive and what were they sort of struggling against? What are the politi- political changes happening? Absolutely. Um, yeah. In the Australian colonies, yeah. I could imagine that would um, have a rather interesting turn when the 1920s hit. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's, things are changing so rapidly in these, and it's very diverse around Australia as well. So I'm kind of wrestling with scope at the moment. Do I focus just on Sydney or New South Wales or. I was going to say, it could turn into a massive project. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess given that obviously that was your, I guess, your passion at the present time, what would your dream research location be? Oh, I thought about this. Um, (laughs) Look, I love Switzerland. Okay. I love the Swiss Alps. Um, So for me, it'd be somewhere up in the Alps. That's awesome. With a good internet connection. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Something like looking over the Alps with a window view. I probably wouldn't get any work done. I don't know. I was going to say that would be, be the drawback. It'd be lovely just to be based there. And, um, uh, yeah, with a good internet connection would be important. But um, yes. somewhere nice and relaxing and chilled, literally chilled. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. With access to the archives and everything. I mean, being in Switzerland, you, know, you can travel around Europe and go to all these archives. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're very much in the middle of everything. Yeah. Um, so what was something you wish you knew before starting university? I, I I knew nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I, I almost joined the Air Force, and I was the first in my family to go to university, and I had no idea what it was about. Um, so I literally turned up, and I was like, what am I doing here? What do I do? What units do I study? I had no idea. Um, I misread a lot of information. Um, so, I, and, and it took me a while, because coming from high school where everyone tells you kind of, read this, answer this question, read this, yeah. answer this question, to university where it's all about independent study, and I was saying earlier, be yeah. original um, so I wish, I wish someone would have told me that you know people aren't there to kind of hold your hand. They're kind of there to push you um, yeah. in a direction. And from there, it's like do your own research. Because um, for I think for my first year, I, I relied a lot on those reading lists and those questions and yeah. treated it like like high school. Someone telling me what to do. Um, and I, only really in my second third year where I began to do independent research and the, an opportunity to do independent research really opened yeah. my eyes and kind of strengthen my normal essay writing because I had that courage, I guess, to um, research and write independently and go beyond the topic reading lists and, and things like that. Still, I should emphasise, <laughs> still use those reading lists, but, um, yeah, having the courage to research. And, brought in. Yeah. So if someone would have told me, kind of like, this is not like high school. It's all yeah. about um, yes, big being your own agent. Yeah. <laughs> I guess um, this is more of a, I guess, a personal question. What do you personally nerd out on? Board I'm games. assuming some uh, board, board games. games. Okay, board games. I am a huge board game nut. Um, I absolutely love board games. Historical board games. You're speaking um, to a diehard Monopoly fan here. Oh no, <laughs> no not Monopoly though. Not Monopoly. Not okay. Monopoly, no. Um, yeah. No. Lots of Euro games and Ameritrash and card games. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Um, I play with my kids, my family, my friends all the time. 
Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Does it ever get competitive? Look, I love to um, I love to compete, but it's not about winning. It's never yeah. about winning. Um, we play a lot of co-op games. Um, where, you know, it's, it's players against the, yeah. the system kind of thing. Um, but never heated, no. <laughs> it's always kind of friendly and in the spirit of play. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And just a little reminder to everyone that uh, may be also interested in board games, the UNE Gaming Society, who you will hear from in a little while, has a board game uh, night as well as part of their uh, weekly event. So that's just something to keep yeah. in mind. Um, <laughs> just to give that little segue. So um, moving on to a, another little question. If you had a chance to go to Mars, would you go? If travel were quicker. I mean, what is okay, it, what is it it's like a two, three-year trip there. Something like yeah, that. And, back. and that's a long time to be yeah. kind of in a ship doing absolutely nothing that's or very true. little. So I would love to yeah. kind of like instantly teleport to Mars. Okay. Um, so just wait a few centuries. Yeah, colony for six months. the colony's there. Yeah, but that <laughs> idea of having very little to do. Same with the space station or space travel in general. There's a lot of, I mean, they complain about boredom, right? So Absolutely. Um, yeah, the views would be amazing for like a day, two days, and then you're like, oh, it's just more black space. That's fair. So if I could instantly <laughs> travel to Mars, yeah. I don't think I think I'd miss Earth. Yeah, and, yeah that's and fair. And a good internet connection. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> There's know, no internet sure. on Mars. Sadly. Yeah. Hmm. So what would or what are you listening to at the moment? Oh, I okay. Guess you could say. It could be well, music, podcasts. Yeah, I don't listen to many many podcasts. I went to two concerts last last week, so I've been listening Ooh. to I went and saw um Tool oh, yes. and Amanda Palmer. So both kind of cool. like very different types yeah. of music, but um, caught up with different friends and saw two bands. So I've been listening to a lot of Tools new stuff, and I've kind of been listening to a lot of Amanda Palmer's older stuff. Um, in cool, kind of, yeah. I was preparing like for preparing those, for the, yeah. and it's just kind of sustained. So they're on my playlist at the moment. Uh, it's yeah, kind of go from ukulele to kind of heavy prog rock. <laughs> that kind of stuff is amazing. Very different. But <laughs> Do you by any chance have a favourite song? My favourite song is um, "Debaser" by the Pixies. Okay, um, that's so cool. There's a, kind of a bit of a historical scene there. Mm, the song is all about sort of the historical art movement and how these artists were de- debasing the art community and how they wanted to be kind of like debasing the music community and, and challenging what music's all about. And yeah, the Pixies are all about kind of breaking taboos and stuff like that. Mm. So it's something that obviously I love the Pixies. They're my favourite <laughs> band. The bass is probably my favourite song. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, everyone needs a musical taste. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's the best thing about your job? The best thing is, uh, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, is that, that independence and, and breaking new ground, sort of expanding the frontiers of, of knowledge and truth Just about the past. So what we do is really, yeah, try and figure out what actually happened and um, sort of scrape away the, the kind of the mud and, and get to the nitty-gritty truth of the past. That's really exciting when you find something new or find new facts and you share that. Um, with you know audiences and yeah, it can be. Re- it's kind of a process of discovery. Yeah. You're discovering what happened in the past. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not to be a Very negative cool. Nelly, but I'll um, just reverse <laughs> Kim's question. What is the worst thing about your job? Um, probably, uh, I guess the, the ignorance of that. It, 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 we're always kind of fighting and struggling against um, sort of government and 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 people who um, don't like that. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't appreciate the importance of, like, all, all knowledge is gained through kind of experimentation and research. Everything yeah. we know about the world had to be discovered in this way. Um, and so we're trying to um, pave new paths and find new information. Um, and we're always under this pressure to just sort of tell the same familiar stories yeah. um, or tell the same old story. So there's that kind of t- struggle between wanting to 
discover and experiment and so forth. And no, 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 just kind of politicians just want the same story told over mm. and over again. Um, and that can be, can be frustrating. Um, there's obviously been these sort of grants over the past couple of years that have been rejected for various reasons. The whole idea of the, the pub test um, is, is frustrating. Um, that can be very, yeah, it can undermine a lot of what we do. Yeah. That's understandable. Um, yeah, that, that in itself is quite an interesting thought, really. Um, so I guess um, moving on a little bit, what is something that everybody thinks about history, about you know the subjects that you teach, that is completely factually wrong? Yeah, uh, extending that same point, the idea that we have to memorise facts and figures, yep. that, that's certainly a, a high school um, uh, approach. You know, as teachers in high school will test students on whether they know the dates and the names of the people. Uh, scholarly history and what you do at university is all about interpretation, analysis, argument, and finding that new information. So it's not about memorising. It's about um, being original and creative um, and paving new, new paths. I was uh, going to say, I, was a, I hated rote learning in high school, yeah, so I can yeah. imagine why. Yeah, I was going to say, like, history is more like just knowing dates and people and all that. But, like, the way you explain it sounds more interesting. Yeah. Like a different yeah. way of it. So that's, different that's, approach. Yeah. So that, that idea that... Um, yeah, a lot of students come and they're like, oh, I'm not good at memorising stuff. I have a terrible memory, I should say. Um, but <laughs> Likewise. Yeah, you, yeah you, me it's, too. It's, it's all about analysis and how you, um, you know, critically assess uh, sources and, and um, reports from the past and yeah. then present that in a new way through an argument, uh, a discussion to your audience. Yeah, that's what history is all about, about being kind of creative and constructing or representing re- the past. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I am. Um, I, I'm now. I'm going to move into a question because I, obviously, I'm. A, I can tell you have a keen interest in history, and it's always been a subject that I've been very, very much interested in, especially modern history. So, I very recently had the opportunity to go to the Tower of London, which was wonderful. Of just an absolute smorgasbord of historical, of history, yeah. just to observe. What has been? What has been the favourite place for you to visit on a historical basis? Ooh. Like a historical site that you've just absolutely oh. adored being at. That's a really tough question. Um, oh, oh, oh. Look, um, oh, you stumped him. Oh, I, yeah. have, I think I have. <laughs> There's been so many. Because um, I do the First World War, mm. uh, I went to the battlefields of the Western Front. And Goodness. some of these are, are remarkable. Um, the Polygon Wood in particular is a place in northern France. And... Um, there's an amazing um, cemetery, a memorial, but also a large part of the battlefield has been kind of left untouched. And there are oh, these old cool. sort of German pillboxes remaining, and it was very eerie walking around there because you're walking around this sort of this untouched forest, these old remnants of German fortifications, and mm. then literally sort of 100 metres away, there's this modern memorial and Commonwealth War Grave Cemetery um, in the middle of these, these, uh, these French fields. Um, so that was... That was um, that that that, yeah, something around there probably stands out for me because uh, it just touched on with my research and yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that sounds just an incredible experience to yeah. visit, an incredible place to go. Yeah. Any other questions? Do we have? Yes, I think um, I have one more question that I think um, students might be interested in, given that you, if they do have any, I guess, historical questions or want to learn more about history, um, 
Do you have any sort of social media presence? Could students find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on Facebook um, mainly. Uh, I do have a Twitter account, but I don't use it. Um, <laughs> Can't so, blame you there. So I've got, I'm on Facebook, and we have the we have two pages. We have history at UNE, okay, Facebook, which is a public page, which is ran by our students. But I'm on there, and I'm active mainly in times of if, if anyone asks for advice, like, oh, how do I do this unit, or when's this unit being offered? Yeah. We're on there to help out, um, and we also have the more um, kind of career-oriented humanities. Uh, at UNE Facebook group, and that's run by the faculty, and that's designed to give kind of career and grant and funding advice. Okay. So there's two different groups, History at UNE run by students focused on history, yep. and students are posting sort of what they're doing, what they're researching and so forth, and Humanities at UNE is focused on job opportunities, grant funding, things like that, mainly for our sort of postgraduate student cohort. Awesome. Um, and yeah. we're both active on, yeah, we're active on those. That is incredible. So again, history at UNE for any uh, yeah. any students that yeah, might want to get online and have a bit of a follow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because history, you can get lost in it for hours. It's such an amazing thing yeah. to, I guess, be a part of and to study. And it's just incredible. Um, so Dr. Nathan Wise, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with us. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we do. Trust us. Yes, we do. very <laughs> much so. So um, we are going to play you out with Debaser by the Pixies. <laughs> um, that's that's just something from us to you. Um, myself and Kim will be back soon talking with some more clubs and some lecturers later on. In the meantime, here is Debaser by Pixies. Dr. Nathan Wise, thank you once again for being in the studio with us. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9 UNE Student Powered Radio.